2: Welcome to it. Hale Varsity Radio is on the road today. Sweet 16 upon us. Four ball games tonight, uh, for tomorrow. And the headquarters for you, Longwell's 76 strong. So many beers on tap, great food and drink specials. And uh, hopefully you were down here for the kickoff to the NCAA tournament with a special ed- edition of the morning hookup with... Bill Hooks and Will Wilson, Elijah Herbal, uh, Elijah back in studio right now. We're efforting to get StreamYard going here, but uh, a little Katy Perry and Snoop Dogg blaring down here. All three of those monster screens on sports right now, uh, looking at the Sweet 16. Husker football on our mind with the news on, or not specific news, but announcement by Scott Frost on uh, wide receiver Bellevue West product Xavier Betts will get floody into that. Thoughts on the tight end room uh, from Scott Frost as well. Uh, not a lot of detail either, but uh, just, uh, you know, a newsworthy day after practice today. Numbers to dial up and get involved with us on Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here at Longwell's 466 3776 466 800 825 5865 That's the way to get in touch with us and uh, get on down here to Longwell's. Tip-off, I think, is just a shade after six tonight for The uh, NCAA Tournament Games, Uh, you have some uh, Cinderella still alive, man. I think Elijah might be rocking the old Peacock t-shirt as uh, they hook up with Purdue tomorrow evening. Uh, What you do have in action tonight, though, is Arkansas-Gonzaga. Some of us have Gonzaga going all the way and falling to Arizona. Michigan-Nova tonight, you have Tech- and Duke, a lot of Texas Tech fans. And then Arizona, do they stay pure? Was it enough of a scare against TCU to come ready against Houston and Calvin Sampson? Uh, that is on the docket tonight uh, down here at Longwells. You can email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com. Please find us. Give us a follow on HaleVarsity uh, Twitter. At Hale Varsity at ESPN Lincoln and our personal accounts at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal Chris Schmidt that is me uh, at Schmidt underscore Radio Elijah busy day for Scott Frost busy day for Nebraska fans and a lot of Husker fans frustrated worried concerned uh, the take is here we go again another high level talent uh, is is not part of the football team at the present moment. Uh, before we hear from Scott Frost, I have some thoughts on on Xavier Betts. And listen, Xavier's a kid we loved watching uh, at Memorial Stadium, win a championship, covering him in high school. We loved talking with his, his high school football coach, Coach Huffman. And Xavier's a guy that Nebraska really said, you know what, we're going to take care of you. Uh, we are going to offer you a scholarship We are going to tell you what you need to do. We're going to help you get where you need to go. But we want you a part of this football team. We want to offer you, and Xavier put the work in, to become a member of the Nebraska football team. And it's been inconsistent on Xavier's end, and that that takes time once you transition from high school to college to to get your your feet stabilized and go out there and ball. Man, we have seen glimpses, glimpses of... Greatness, some some really high-level game-breaking ability, and you talk to folks around the country you bump into, uh, they're like, man, Betts could play in any league, and and light up any defense. He is that talented. He is that good. We need to know more, and only really Xavier can divulge that. And it's it's up to him. What what I can do the math on right now is this. I don't think this is a Scott Frost or staff deal. Frost gets beaten over the head with a half-empty crown bottle, it feels like, uh, every time there's attrition or a departure. I know Wandale Robinson's a guy that, that went and thrived elsewhere. I know the McCaffrey saga. I know you've lost uh, Adrian Martinez. Uh, you've had a number of guys leave. That, that happens, and that happens more and more in college football. I can say with a straight face and enough people I've talked to that Nebraska has done everything in their power to be there for Xavier Betts, help Xavier Betts. And really, it's up to Xavier Betts. And, and it's a question, do you love football? Do you want to play football? That's my read on things. That's my take on things. And if the kid doesn't want to play football anymore and wants to go do something else, hey, make, do what makes you happy. Uh, that being said, uh, Bets is a guy that uh, is great at doing this sport, and by continuing to play this sport and and getting coached up by a guy like Mickey Joseph, uh, can do a lot of things for your future. Uh, that's that's my my take on things with this. Uh, does he want to play football? Can he absolutely? Uh, the the local part of this is also what hurts because he's a guy that is just 50 miles up the road and you don't want to lose anybody that uh, can be a game breaker, can be a difference maker but you don't want to lose anybody uh, specifically in state and we'll see. Uh, There's going to be, uh, from what I've been told, a meeting tomorrow with Coach Frost and and Xavier. Uh, The way I think things went down is uh, Betts got back from spring break, made a couple of phone calls and uh, decided that, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to do lifting. I don't know that I want to do this anymore. And you, you've got a different coaching dynamic in, in Mickey Joseph. And I'm just going to call it like I see it. I think it's a better coaching dynamic because of, of Mickey's history at LSU and guys that have thrived and gone on to the NFL. And you talk to guys about what Mickey Joseph has done for him. It's not just uh, what he's done for you on the field to get you in the NFL but it's about making you accountable off the field. And with, with Betts, I mean, he's a guy who uh, is um, somebody that that has really had to grind and, and stay focused, and you know what, uh, raising both hands. I was that guy too when I was in, in college, uh, different parts of my college career. So am not saying I'm Xavier Betts, but I'm just saying uh, folks uh, come along uh, in this, this this race known as life, or this marathon known as life, at different points, and Elijah going to bring you in here. Mickey Joseph was was pretty honest and upfront going back to the pre spring football press conference during the roundtable sessions, just with not only the pressures that Xavier Betts feels as being an in state kid, but also just the 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 doing it every day all the time. The consistency part and the maturity part. I mean, there's a high standard Mickey Joseph sets, expects, and you need to adhere to. And I'm not saying that didn't happen with the previous coaching staff, i.e., uh, Coach uh, Lubick. But you have a new sheriff and Mickey Joseph, and I think it's it's a guy that guys who really want to thrive and, and succeed crave structure, and I think that is being brought to the room. And I think there's. Kind of a, a no excuse policy, and, and with bets, I, I'm not privy to what exactly it is, other than guy is probably right now questioning, does, do I want to do this anymore? Uh, and it kind of comes down to the love of the game.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's nothing that. Uh, we, we've ever sat here and questioned Xavier Bats's talent. It's it's never been that, and I'm not. You want to sit here I've
2: never question. We've never questioned his character either, and that's not no. where I'm going. Either. No, 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 and, and
0: I, I'm not. Also, not saying a question his love of the game. It's just. College football is a completely different beast than than high school football when it comes to the amount of effort and dedication you need to put into the game combined with the the classes you're taking in college, which might be more difficult than anything you've ever taken in high school. It's, it's a grind, college football. As you hear that from all the college athletes, uh, now that they're doing their podcast that – Just college football season, you get into practice, you get into whatnot. It is a grind, and you wonder with a kid like him, he he got a week off, and he realized, man, this could be my life every single week. Why do I want to go back to this where I'm going to have to keep on grinding and competing with a new coaching staff? I'm going to have to go re-earn all of my playing time. I get it. So I hope it's not an issue with him of, of realizing, like, um... that that, I guess I hope it's not something where he doesn't think he's good enough now that he has a new coaching staff in town where it's now he has to go and impress new coaches I hope it's not that I hope it is a a case of you know what maybe my priorities in life have just shifted from when I was 18 it's time for me to to find a new start and if if that is the case then wish him the best here is Scott Frost as we are connected
2: on the StreamYard on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook also on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter um (laughs) <laughs> let's uh, let's hear from Scott Frost here. Uh, the announcement today as uh, the the word from head coach Scott Frost on Xavier Betts.
3: Yeah, Xavier's not a member of the team right now.
0: Why is that?
3: He's just not a member of the team right now. Do
4: you do you anticipate a
3: return? It doesn't matter right now. He's not a member of the team. So there is the
2: reality. Uh, there is... So much upside for a, a really, really talented athlete, and it comes down to what what does what does he want to do? It comes down to how's the meeting go tomorrow, and it, it comes down to Nebraska right now with a new offensive coordinator, uh, with a new wide receivers coach, uh, with with a new offense, with a new quarterback, with mickey joseph needing and wanting to find nine guys he can rely on uh betts is certainly you know top tier talent but it's up to him right now would be my speculation and i'm going to speculate for two seconds for for him to to get all in and and that is a decision maybe he has he he will make or could make i should say not not getting my uh, magic eight ball or, or crystal ball out but that that will need to be decided. I would say by tomorrow, what he wants to do, and and if he wants to do life without football, God bless and good luck. You can do a lot of things, young man. Uh, if you want to keep doing football, brother, you're great at it. <laughs> yeah. And and you got the right coach in the uh, in in the wide receiver room to to help make you great, and and really do things. Uh, on the football field. yeah, I don't know Xavier uh, at all. Uh, Again, we've covered him from a distance just with high school coverage and then talking to his coach, Coach Huffman. And there's so many people in in Betts' life that care about him. And uh, it's not, in my opinion, just what what Xavier can do for us or do for me. I think there's some genuine care uh, with not only teammates but also – uh, people that have been in his life uh, on the athletic field and, the, and in the academic world, for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, I think you, you pretty much laid it out here perfectly where uh, I think everyone in Nebraska, if Xavier wants to continue playing football and welcome him back, but if he does decide that this is the end of his career, maybe he needs a, a fresh start somewhere else, I think we'd all, I mean, as Nebraskans, sit back and say, you know what, wish you be the best.
2: I, I would put money down, uh, and I'll, I'll use mama's money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that I, if if it's if he doesn't play ball at Nebraska, I don't think he's going to play ball. Yeah, I'm thinking the same. I think it's just a matter of do I want to do this anymore? And uh, that's that's uh, the the commitment. I can only imagine uh, the commitment and the requirements. For for student athletes, you throw in NIL opportunities, which is good, can be can be incredible. But between uh, the balancing act of school and the balancing act of of football, I mean, Elijah, you got bros on the team and it's a full time job for them. They love it, but it it is. I mean, if if you get a week away from it uh, and it's just been balls to the wall. Uh, maybe, maybe you just, your mind starts to wonder a, a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, like, what, what could I be doing instead of waking up at 4.45 every single morning, going and lifting, going and getting breakfast, and then going and practicing for a couple hours, and then going to class all day, and then going to study hour, and then going and studying film, and then coming home and repeating the whole process? Yeah, I mean, well, we've heard it from so many athletes, as I was just saying a couple of minutes ago, from all these podcasts we're getting in the NIL era of mm-hmm. just how much of a grind College sports is for four or five years, and and yeah, we've we've kind of laid it out here with just I, I can understand going home for spring break for a week and saying, you know what, um, maybe it's uh, maybe it, this is the end of the road for for football for me because there's just other things in my life that need to be prioritized higher than this. We have
2: Brandon Vogel in the green room, and uh, his little guy right now is. I think trying to rip air, AirPods out. This is sweet. We will have Brandon <laughs> Vogel coming up in, in about three or four minutes in hour two. Uh, Hall of Fame basketball coach and longtime Danny V assistant. Uh, when Nebraska was dancing, Jeff Smith will join us, get his take on the Sweet 16. Some Some names maybe to think about for Nebraska basketball as they try and fill the Matt Abdel-Massey role. Gary Barnett with us in Hour 2. And then uh, Danny Burke from VEASAN Sports Network. Burke's Best Bets will be with us. But we're down here at Longwell's. They opened uh, just a shade after four. All three of the Monster Megatron screens are going. Your headquarters for the Sweet 16. Uh, with uh, Hale Varsity and ESPN. Lincoln down here at Longwells. Want to see you down here. I am staring at several taps, just waiting to be pulled. And it, this is an incredible environment to, to watch a ball game. You know it. You've been here for years. We've been coming here for years during the NCAA tournament. It's a great time. Brandon Vogel on the way with Hale Varsity. Uh, live at Longwells, we are presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Numbers to get in at 466-377-6 or 800-825-5865. We'll also dive into how banged up the tight end room is. That's on the way with Hail Varsity.
1: And we're back. Fellas, so, we could listen to the radio listen? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
3: Yes! That's awesome!
2: Back with you here, Roadshow Thursday here for the Sweet 16 down at Longwell's getting ready for uh, hoops action tonight who is headed on to the Elite Eight uh, today and tomorrow, Roadshow show? Hale Varsity Radio at Longwell's Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herba, we welcome in managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine it's been forever since we've talked to him author with John Cook, dream like a champion, Brandon Vogel is with us and the graphic bug that says at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter as you're watching us here on StreamYard ESPN Lincoln, Facebook at ESPN Lincoln Twitter Junior is obscured but it sounds like uh, he's gotten rid of his uh, Tariq Hill Chiefs jersey, correct, Vogues?
5: Yep. We, we just got that, you know, in December for Christmas and uh, already had to ship that one out. So <laughs> we're in the market for the next big thing.
2: That's all right. Uh, let's talk about Xavier Betts. That's the news of the day and some question marks also with nebraska's tight end room what's your your immediate reaction vogues on on bets as far as just what had you heard any storm clouds rumbling uh with him in the receiver and let's start there because you had mickey's comments pre-spring and even uh you know after the first week of spring there was there was uh, some mention of bets, and then obviously not this week, no mention of bets. How do you gauge what's been going on?
5: Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's hard to say um, without a little bit more more information. I mean, all of the things you mentioned. He was also kind of you know, a fixture of those those practice videos early on um, and, and seemed to be making some plays. and you know it's it's one of those things where, without knowing exactly what the what the story is I mean it it seems that it's not an injury it's not a discipline thing you know it might just be a case of the player trying to figure out exactly what works for him and what's best for him and I do think you know the doors open that his roster status today which we just learned about uh, may not be the roster status going forward so but it, you know it's, it's kind of uh, you got two parties here and I think Nebraska would definitely take him back if, if that's what he wants to do
2: it really comes down to that last part if that's what he wants to do uh, I, I think Nebraska has been great with Xavier and I think Xavier's put in really solid effort in Lincoln and Bogues, I remember kind of looking at you, end of the third quarter, down in Norman, Junior agrees, where Nebraska needed a big play to happen. What'd they do? They sent Xavier on a go route 63 yards later. That kind of broke the seal a little bit for Nebraska to kind of climb back into things. You saw the the old little, uh, uh, the reverse little, uh, touch pass to, to Xavier that really welcomed him to college football against Penn State that, that tore the roof off the stadium. Well, hold on. Empty stadium. Uh, figuratively tore the roof off the stadium. But you, you've, you've seen his ability against the who's who of college football on Nebraska's schedule to make some plays. Even the damn near one-handed grab he made as he was assaulted at the goal line against Wisconsin. I mean, he's sky's the limit, ceiling's the limit for the guy.
5: Yeah, he was he was that kind of player. And, you know, we've only really seen flashes of of that potential, but those flashes were were pretty big, pretty big flashes um, in terms of a couple of his touchdowns there. And you could just you could see the playmaking ability and the trajectory for him, you know, looked good. I mean, with a player of his stature and being local always, I think, adds something to that, you know, expectations can get high pretty quick. And it was kind of a slow build that that first year to to kind of get on the field and see the field. Uh, But I thought he took made some strides from that. And you look at what Nebraska has to replace in in the receiving room coming out of 2021. Their top top two receivers. He was a guy where he definitely made you feel a little bit better about just state of Nebraska's wide receiver room because we'd seen what he'd done in limited sample size. Was he going to be ready for the full sample uh, in 2022? And I would have put him at the you know near the top of the group. Of guys, I thought could do that.
0: Yeah, and I think Husker fans were so excited to see what Xavier Betts could become under mickey joseph and now i mean we're hearing that that the guy in in the room in the spring this year is elante brown he's the guy that's been making the strides under mickey joseph and and we heard yesterday that he was actually playing outside the the z receiver spot do you think that's a result of xavier no longer being with the program or or do you think he's a guy that actually fits there and and is a guy that's just going to be flourishing under mickey joseph's tutelage
5: yeah, might have made it a little bit easier to put him out there. You know, This, the practices Nebraska's had so far this week. But, you know, I get a sense that they're pretty much mixing and match, matching a lot so far this spring. You know, Omar Manning is getting, getting looks at slot. And they said right from the beginning that's that's what they were going to – they were going to try that with him. And that gets pretty intriguing pretty quick. So the emergence of Elante Brown is, you know, probably one of the bigger storylines, I think, of the spring because he's a player who – you know, you go down that chart at the end of the year and be like, well, Austin Allen's gone and you lost some more to uh, This is what you got to replace. And you can look at Omar Manning and say, all right, well, that helps. And you can look at somebody like Xavier Betts. Volante Brown would have been down that list. He's a guy who has some stats, but not a lot. Um, so in terms of good developments for Nebraska so far this spring, and, you know, we're all reading between the lines on these sorts of things. You just kind of got to take what you hear and and go with it to, to whatever degree you're comfortable. Like all of that's been really encouraging from, from a player who you are still waiting to kind of find his place in Nebraska.
2: Brandon Vogel with us from HaleVarsity.com and magazine managing editor, author with John Cook, Like a champion, uh, Vogel Jr., uh, obscured uh, due to the graphic on Streamyard, but
0: it's, it's like one of those uh, those police pictures you see on the news. Well, it's like our guys. old boy Michael
2: Franzese <laughs> uh, sitting down with one of his former associates of the Colombo crime family. You've got to kind of haze the face out, uh, so so identity can be preserved. Let's talk tight ends, folks, and. Uh, <laughs> I think they are out of bailing wire and duct tape and, and medical tape uh, in, in the tight end room, walking wounded. But that also leaves a door open for some young guys to get plenty of reps. That's not always been the case.
5: Yeah, it, it hasn't been. And, I mean, if you're going to deal with that sort of stuff, now's, now's the time. You know, a player like Vokalek, like, you know, if, if Nebraska had to play three weeks from now, you would probably figure out a way to get him on the field. But you can be patient with him now. Um, I mean, of course, the elephant in the room is, is Thomas Fedoni. And, you know, he's said on Instagram, like his status has changed. We don't know the specifics and we'll wait for Scott Frost, you know, until he's comfortable talking about that more specifically. But another guy that, you know, with what Nebraska lost, you kind of look at it and be like, okay, you know, that guy probably needs to be pretty good for Nebraska, um, for, for the Huskers to be or operating optimally. And now his status seems to be uncertain. So some of those younger guys have got to go. Um, and and it's, it's a lot of guys that you don't know a ton about. I mean, we're talking young guys. We're talking mostly not their first year in the program, but largely first-year players.
2: Do you worry about the offense uh, the way it's been explained to me? You kind of know what you got defensively uh, after spring. Offensively, that's, that's fluid. And that's very evident with who's out on the offensive line. We're talking about Betts' future in the receiver room. We're talking about uh, an offense that could be a lot of fun with the tight end usage because of you know how how good of a, a, a job you have with, with Coach Becton and then the talent in that room. Do you worry about too many moving parts by the time fall camp finally starts? That They've got to start from a square one. You'll figure your quarterback out. You'll figure your center out. Your tackles, eh, got to figure your running back out, and then all right, who's else? Who else is going to be a, be, a, be a deep threat uh, if if you don't have a guy like Bets? Yeah,
5: I, I, I'm not worried about it yet. I mean, I think that this spring was going to be that a little bit naturally with just the the changes to the coaching staff. Um, so, th- would you like some of those players you think you would pencil into the two deep right now be available? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but those are guys who theoretically should be able to make up some ground just based on the experience that they already have um, and, and we'll see you know a lot of work's gonna have to get done you know this isn't going to be a, a, a spring for okay well we came out of that feeling either better or worse about Nebraska I think it's all going to be pretty murky still um, so those those early fall camp practices are going to be pretty important and you know, Nebraska will start a week earlier than everybody, uh, but you throw in, and, 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 hey, this isn't a usual opener. You're going to have to travel <laughs> uh, to a foreign country and, and do that. So it's going to be a pretty tight timeline, and I feel like a pretty hard deadline to make some decisions pretty quick once we get to August.
0: And, and Brandon, just kind of as a – Branching off that question, has what we've seen in the first half of spring ball, has it changed what you'll be looking for in the spring game? I mean, I know everyone wanted to see the quarterbacks in the spring game and what this Mark Whipple offense looked like, but now uh, how many practices in are we, 10, 11? Halfway home. Yeah, just call it halfway home. Now that we're halfway home, uh, has your your preview for the spring game of what you're looking for changed at all? Uh,
5: Maybe a little bit in, you know, I tend to take a very kind of – more than what can I take away about Nebraska's offense? Like, let me see, let me see some guys, let me see individuals. Um, and, you know, it's real easy to be like, well, let's see what Trey Palmer looks like in a Nebraska uniform and, and what that's able to be. Um, but people like, I think Alonte Brown and a lot of the offensive linemen returning players are kind of working their way into the list. You know, um, Nori had some, I think, really interesting comments about the offensive line today that are sure to get a ton of attention because, you know, according to him there, you can't believe how well they're running the ball right now, which is, you know, like everything in spring, you kind of got to dilute that to whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. But that's interesting. I mean, that's why you make, make a change at the O-line coaching position is you, you hope for some different results there. So that'll be, that'll probably move up pretty close top of the list.
2: Bogues, who are you rooting for tonight in the Sweet 16? Who's your go-to, who's Junior's go-to tomorrow night? Is he uh, going to rock the Peacock gear?
5: <laughs> um, if, if, we, if, if we could get here, get some here in time, which I wouldn't Look at that right I hook.
2: About. love it. Yeah.
5: <laughs> um, definitely, definitely would uh, rock some, some Peacock gear. But at this point, um, my bracket's not, it's, it's middle of the pack, but it's still alive. So I'm pretty much
3: just rooting for picks.
5: picks. So need, I need the Zags. Uh, I need Texas Tech. Uh, really liking, based on the path that they have uh, with what happened on the other side of the bracket, liking my Purdue in the Final Four hmm. pick. Um, so, it, yeah, I'm going, I'm going straight, uh, just rooting for chalk, I think, tonight.
2: Requests coming in down here at Longwell's. Uh, do I need to request something for you off of Ween's White Pepper next <laughs>
5: yeah you might you might need to i'm, uh, I'm gonna be about ready here it's it, i'll say it's going better than i thought it would um yeah. but really flying without a safety net here
2: we're all right uh the <laughs> tell him daddy's timeout is done <laughs> <laughs>
5: well we're out of here. we'll see what happens yeah.
2: there we go vogues appreciate you we'll give you a holler saturday morning thanks for a few minutes sounds good guys thanks all right see you junior uh, come see us at Logwells here. Get a spot for the Sweet 16. Uh, more from Coach Frost, the tight end room. Hail Varsity continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, Chris,
2: at Hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity on the road here at Longwell's down in the rail yard ahead of Sweet 16 action. Uh, numbers to get in. Open phones till 5, and then Hall of Fame coach Jeff Smith will dive into the Nebraska coaching openings for basketball. His take on the Sweet 16, and then Gary Barnett will join us also in the 5 o'clock hour. Burke's best bets, Danny Burke. From Beeson Sports Network, we'll uh, pick some winners for you or give you some insight. Uh, You can dial up at 466-377-6800-825-5865. So when we talk about Xavier Betts, your level of freakout is what out of 10? And I would say if you take your headset off and put your fan hat on, you can say six easily say six. Some will probably go eight. Some will go DEFCON two. Some will say one to three. But that's kind of what, what the the chatter is today. A, what's up? No one really knows. B, uh, is he going to be back? Uh, time will tell with a meeting tomorrow between Coach Frost and, and Betts. But it's not disciplinary. Uh, Vogues told us that. It's not off the field issues. It's more of I guess to insinuate is it is it something he wants to keep doing and, and committing to? And Nebraska's got to know because they've got to they got to play next season. They got to they got to round into form offensively with uh, a guy that can play and quite frankly dominate in any league in in the country. He's he's that good. Got a really good teacher and mentor in, in Mickey Joseph that is going to going to make you accountable. I I just, you know, Elijah, we ran a lot of the Omar Manning audio yesterday, and and Omar spoke last year, I think, towards the end of the season. And and Omar spoke again yesterday, or make it Tuesday. And he he just seems kind of like a a guy that's at peace right now. And I I think you've got a guy in Mickey Joseph that is fantastic at, at... knowing the lay of the land, because he's been in wide receiver rooms in Baton Rouge. He's been in wide receiver rooms in different levels of college. He's been in a quarterback room at Nebraska football, getting ready to play number eight Colorado for a a potential national championship. So he gets the stage, he gets the pressure, he gets the, the, the work ethic and dedication needed. And you have a whole different ball game that he also understands. Uh, of what 18- to 22-year-olds are going through right now. Social media, local product, uh, pressures associated with that, and, oh, yeah, by the way, distractions slash opportunities out there uh, with a new era in college football with NIL. So there's so many different things, and uh, I can't speak on an educated note knowing uh, much about Xavier's background, family, any of that. I just know that he's a hell of a good football player. And uh, it's almost like the world wants this for him. Does he want it for himself? Mm, That's a good way to put it. So let's talk a little bit here about the tight end room. Uh, Let's hear more from Scott Frost today. As uh, Frosty had more to say. Uh, specifically here with the, the tight end room. And uh, we'll also get his specifics or non-specifics on Thomas Fedoni. Here's Coach Frost.
3: Uh, we just got some guys nicked up right now. Um, with Travis not practicing and Fedoni not practicing, and uh, Chance Brewington not practicing right now, and uh, Hickman's not practicing right now. So, those, like I said, those guys are getting a lot of reps, and um, they need them because we're we're going to have to count on some guys to step up. A lot of guys ha-
2: have an opportunity. A kid I really liked watching, and I and I saw him, saw his film, and I saw one of his games in high school, Rollins. But I, I was really kind of wowed by Rollins on the basketball court for prep. And you love going after that basketball-type player that's also uh, a really good matchup issue at tight end. Uh, you think of all the, the basketball guys that have shifted over to that that tight end spot in, in college football. Jimmy Graham comes to mind from, from back in the day. I know Graham's still... Probably getting a, a cup of coffee. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, of course, at Cal, uh, way back for the Chiefs and Falcons. But I'm not saying Rollins is either of those guys. But I'm just telling you about his athleticism on the hardwood and how it's translated to a football scholarship, and uh, that's good. You, you got uh, the kid out of uh, out of Norris that that I'm, I'm anxious to see what he can do. Uh, it's it, but man, I mean Nebraska's. Uber thin Elijah, the tight end spot here in in this spring session.
0: Yeah, and the uh, the names that were kind of thrown around today as guys that were starting to step up. Uh, I think it was Nick, Nate Borkircher, I'm probably Ooh, uh Borkercher Borkercher Borker. Borker, Borker. uh he's a guy that was singled out by Frosty He's a guy who's really been working hard putting his head down working in silence as being one of those like the guys that he, he was talking about the, these young guys are getting a lot of reps and they need to step up uh, and he was the guy that was singled out as well as uh, AJ Rollins the guy you said and uh there was one more name was it was it Androff I think it may have been- yeah,
2: Androps, the uh, Minnesota kid.
0: Yeah, I think he was a really enrollee. enrollee young kid. Uh, th- There's just a couple names that Frost threw out, but I, I don't think really realistically we can expect any of these guys to be contributors this year and that's what's a little bit worrisome is you were hoping this was going to be a spring for the guys like uh, Brewington who really didn't get much pass catching opportunities last year he got a lot of opportunities in the running game especially down in the red zone where he was awesome mm-hmm. uh, but it's kind of wondering whether he would get a chance to, to go out and get some routes for himself because uh, I was really impressed with what I saw and then Fedoni coming back from the injury uh, hoping he was going to get a chance to really settle in and give, give yourself a, a real three deep at tight end where you can run two tight end sets and still have a guy in the sideline you feel comfortable running out there in case of injury or in case of you really need a big lineup you can throw three tight ends in there but it just hasn't panned out that way from being a, a position group you thought was going to be one of the strengths of this team is now one of the weaknesses in the spring well I would
2: right now it looks like a whole big old deep hill to climb but I think from an opportunity standpoint It could really be advantageous, just like you touched on. And you want different body types at tight end, and you'll get different body types that have a a strength coming in with a skill set. Some guy's just a straight-up slot mismatch. Some guy's an end line. uh, And you look at Brewington, uh, his instance where he's able to kind of cross down and kick out and murder people on the edge. I mean, he's... He's uh, pure brick muscle. <laughs> I mean, he's not a, a, a gronk-looking dude, but, man, he hits he hits like a freight train. Yeah, he gets uh, that it,
0: momentum going, just isn't scared. Never looks like he is scared to go in and make contact, and I think Husker fans love that. No, he
2: is, he is outstanding. Do we have time real quick for uh, the offensive line comments here? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Frost on the offensive line, those improvements. He continues
3: to see more from Frost here after practice today. You know, I've said it a bunch, but there's just, you know, been noticeable improvement to me on some of the techniques and details and fundamentals. And uh, they've been plugging guys into different spots. Uh, Every time I look up, there's a left tackle playing right guard and a right guard playing left tackle. And um, guys need to be able to play multiple things so that when we fit it all together and get the best five guys out there, they're ready to do it. And uh, I think they're getting a lot of experience with that right now.
2: Winding down this first hour, Logwells down here in the rail yard. Come see us here, ready for the Sweet 16. Tips off a little after 6. Hail Varsity continues, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, live here at Longwell's. Getting you set for the Sweet 16. As uh, that will be uh, in all glory on these monstrous Jumbotron screens. We love hanging out down here in the rail yard at Longwell's. Kind of our tradition for the NCAA tournament uh, from opening round action to the Sweet 16. Uh, and 76 strong. Minimum of 76 beers on tap for you. A few more in the cooler if you're a vodka and tonic guy or gal tip of the cap to you but it's uh it's all ready for you down here and uh plenty of food as well plenty of grub to uh indulge in reminder about buckling up coaches make substitutions during the game to get the best player on the field getting behind the wheel after drinking also demands a substitution sober drivers are the only choice A DUI costs more than you think a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Be sure to catch the Brandon Vogel interview. Uh, that's posted on ESPN uh, Lincoln On Demand. The uh, the video feed's also out there as we are streaming live on StreamYard, ESPN Lincoln Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Twitter. So great stuff and some thoughts from Vogues on Xavier Betts, the tight end room the offense, how it looks moving forward. Jeff Smith, Hall of Fame coach, going to be with us here in about 10 minutes or so. Get his take on all things basketball and uh, the NCAA Tournament. Uh, Three more uh, transfers. Well, not more, but uh, official announcement from Coach Hoiberg today. Eduardo Andre, Keon Edwards, Trevor Lakes. So Edwards, a, a bit of a surprise. We'll get Coach Smith's take on that. Uh, coming up closer to 5.30, Gary Barnett. The topic of quarterback leadership and uh, the reality of, of a portal guy that is taking taken the lead. How easy and effective is that? It's going to be more and more common, clearly, in the new era of college football. But how well does it gel with uh, guys that have been on the team? So we'll talk to Coach Barnett about that, get his take on Urban Meyer, and the uh, incredible story from The Athletic. So that's uh, on the way. Elijah, are you uh, you feeling barbecue tonight? Are you feeling some, some chicken fingers? Uh, are you uh, going to have a, a glass of poison or two? Uh, uh, jokingly, of course... Uh, when it comes to uh, to get getting the rest of that cold you're dealing with out of out of its system, I, I think I'm
0: gonna stay away from food tonight. I'm gonna allow myself to be sustained by all the awesome sports that are on TV tonight. NCA tournament Sweet 16. My Denver Nuggets are playing the Phoenix Suns, and we have the U.S. Men's National Team taking on Mexico from the Azteca down in Mexico City in World Cup qualifying action. It's just gonna be like six straight hours of watching sports as soon as I get off of work here. So I'll be up late watching sports, probably skipping the food and just letting the the, the sport sustain me.
2: That is good. <laughs> uh, good email to get into from Kevin. You can send your email in at com. But what's your freakout level at uh, with the uh, bets? news? Door isn't shut, door isn't locked, but not part of the team right now. We'll know more if that changes tomorrow. Uh, Hour two on the way. Jeff Smith coming up down here at Longwell's Roadshow Thursday. Sweet 16 time with Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale, Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Get ready for the Sweet 16 down here at Longwells in the rail yard. And all three Megatron TVs are uh, rocking and rolling. A little bit of Memphis and Brooklyn on right now, which uh, good news on Kyrie. If you're maybe you got a futures bet <laughs> uh, with the Nets on the Eastern Conference. Plenty of questions and answers to be had with Nebraska Spring Football. We'll continue that. Uh, Gary Barnett with us next segment. We welcome in Hall of Fame coach uh, with Lincoln Southeast and longtime assistant with Danny Knee and uh, the uh, great years of Nebraska dancing this time of year. Jeff Smith with us and uh, partner on so many high school basketball broadcasts. Coach, how are we doing today? What do you know?
6: Fantastic. I'm doing well. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's going to start clearing up. We can get back on the golf course pretty soon.
2: Brother, I chipped in from 100 yards out in Arizona last Friday. I kid you not. There's two witnesses. I don't need to bribe them. Now, I, that, that followed like an eight putt on okay. uh, some of those treacherous greens. But I've already had uh, three uh, three days, uh, uh, 18 in. I know you've snuck out a little bit here because we've had such a a mild winter. Uh, Have you been able to to get out at all? I know it was nice at the beginning of the week. Are you going to go this weekend?
6: Yeah, I'll, I'll probably get out. I've gotten out. My daughter lives down by Pinehurst, North Carolina, so I've okay. gotten a couple rounds in down there when I go to see my grandson and her, and then uh, and then around here whenever I can, the public courses have been open. Was that for Birdie or Eagle, though, the chip in?
2: I think that saved me for a bogue, brother. <laughs> <laughs>
6: All right. Well, hey, it saved, you, it saved you from putting again, didn't it?
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> man i needed that <laughs> you know what? never been so happy in my life to get a bogey to chip in uh from a hundy i don't know how did that happen uh, uh people i were with my mom was like did did you just roll it in I, I swung i swung and it went down but enough of my golf hijinks uh should be great matchups tonight we'll get there in a moment but Want to get your thoughts, Coach Smith, on, on you know, what's next for Nebraska. We, we haven't talked since. Uh, some things have gone on with the program. Uh, Matt abdel in Nebraska and Coach Hoiberg parting ways. Doc, uh, his position eliminated. And then, of course, you have Bryce McGowan uh, declaring for the NBA draft. Let's, let's kind of pick apart all of those first and foremost uh, what, what is Fred going to post? We got into this with Andy Markowski a little bit. Uh, I want to get your take uh, because you've been there. You've, you've looked for uh, a, a job at a program uh, as an assistant uh, at, at the Division One level, at the Power Five level. You know, what's Nebraska's uh, attractiveness like in your opinion?
6: Well, I, I think that you're going to have to find somebody that absolutely believes in Fred, you know, that, that believes in Coach Hoyberg and, and is very confident that he's going to get it done. Most assistants are signing two year contracts, and I'm sure that's what they'll do. But that's number one concern is, you know, you're bringing, you're bringing somebody in, and they know you're kind of on your, your, your prove it year. And so you got to have somebody, but, but you've got to look for somebody that is connected and, and understands the Big Ten and the Power Five level. Um, and, and the way Fred has it set up, if he continues that this is going to be a main recruiter, that's not easy. That's not easy to find a guy that can recruit nationally. And, and I hope put a little more emphasis around here, um, and get the kids that are good enough around here. Um, and, and you know, I think Andy said too, you, you always have the thought of, can you find a guy that can bring a player or two with him? You know, that's, that's kind of what we did in football a little bit, um, and then I just think you need a connected, dynamic, experienced guy. And, you know, that's, that's a lot on a resume right now. But he'll get he'll get a lot of calls. He'll get a lot of resumes on his desk. I say bring Danny Knee back. If Larry Brown could be on the bench, Danny Knee could be on the bench.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Larry is 81 or 82 years young, but he looks incredible. I, I know... Man, Coach Knee is, well, and you know him best. I just, uh, I had two memorable interactions with him in my life. One, we're at the pit at at, uh, another bar up the road here. This is after you guys took down Oklahoma, uh, pretty much the the last spot in for the Big Eight. And everyone's having a a toddy with Danny in, in in the pit of this place. And... Daddy's just selling tickets, brother. Yeah. <laughs> He's everyone's ready to go to Kemper. And uh there was a there was a caravan of us going on and then Daddy his his uh last year came on to my college radio show. He came in studio with us. Uh we were at Avery Hall at the time and Danny brought us a present uh, that we had a, <laughs> in case we got thirsty. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we just had a great time. He was so so good to me. He was so good to me, and I haven't talked to him in years. But, man, and I don't know that he'd remember me, which, which I totally get. But I just love the guy. I always got a kick out of him.
6: Yeah, he, he was good to me, too. And he, he could definitely hold court in a, in, a, in a pub, no doubt about that. And uh, he he was a great
2: PR man. Absolutely. So, tell me a little bit about just is there a guy out there that, that is connected to the level locally that you that you could bring in? I mean, I'm sure there there are coaches out there. Yes, absolutely. But that, that dynamic of, of being a national recruiter but also having your, your fingerprints on local guys, Coach Smith, is is that guy uh, going to be a, a diamond to, to try and find?
6: Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a tough find that has all those qualities. You know, you think about some AAU guys that are very involved with players, um, but around here that's not quite as strong. It's not like we have the, the, the big programs or the um, – or the uh, schools, the, the prep schools that have those names, that, that's hard to do around here. You know, you think about assistants from other sc- you know, maybe a third assistant from a from a real successful school that has some formula for success. Um, but I, I can't, I've been racking my brain all day because I knew you were going to ask this question. I really can't throw, I'm not connected enough to Coach Hoiberg to throw any names out at you, and it's a little early in the process, but um, hopefully, you know, he has, he has a circle of coaches. He has a lot of guys he can call for recommendations. So hopefully his, you know, experience and, 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 and knowledge base and, and connectivity will help him find the right guy for us because we, we definitely have to upgrade recruiting. We have to get bigger. Um, I think we have to get longer. We have to get that, that power forward that is so versatile Um, They're hard to get. We have to get that point guard that we can build around, and that's not going to be easy to do, um, but that's that's the mission of whoever comes in and, and the entire staff, in my opinion.
0: Coach Jeff Smith with us here, Hail Varsity Radio. And, and, Coach, you're talking about those local ties. I got a comment here in from Brennan, loyal listener. Shout out to Brennan. We love you. And, and he just said, thank goodness you guys snagged Greasel from North Dakota State. Uh, he's an SDSU alum, Brennan is, and says that guy was a pain in the butt to play against. Uh, so I, I want to get your take. Did you ever get the chance to, to cross paths with Greasel during your time coaching high school ball here in Lincoln? I know Greasel went to, to Lincoln East before going up to, to North Dakota State. Uh, did you ever get – uh, the chance to to cross paths with him, and uh, what do you think of uh, that addition for Nebraska? A guy who is going to be a little bit lankier as as a stopgap one year point guard here in this Hoyberg uh, program.
6: Yeah, I, I coached against him his freshman year. He played a little bit um, his sophomore year, and then then I was done, and he continued on. I I I put I put him on some coaches. In fact, one of my friends in coaching at Idaho offered him as a sophomore well before anybody else did but he couldn't get him past the Dakota schools. He's a guy that, that you know, we targeted pretty early as a Division one kid because of his length and um, skills. And then, and then he went up North Dakota State and really improved his guard skills. In high school, he was kind of a 3-4, but could still shoot it, which is, you know, some, and, and he's six, seven, so you're looking for that. But then North Dakota State, he got an opportunity to go up there and play, play, play some guard, play some point, play a combo guard position and really, really improved. Um, I watched him a couple times on TV this year, and uh, I think, obviously, I love the fact that he's a Lincoln kid coming back. I, I'm, I'm thinking Mielheisen was the last scholarship player out of, out of Lincoln, so it's nice to have a Lincoln kid, but I also think his skill set um, is perfect for you know, the versatility that they need and maybe be a combo guard for Nebraska with, with some of that length we're talking about.
2: Jeff Smith is with us. Uh, we'll get to the Sweet 16 in a moment, Coach. Uh, what projections have you seen with Bryce McGowan's?
6: Um, I'm 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 hearing late first round. Uh, you know, I'm not real close to that, but that's that's kind of what I'm hearing nationally. Um, I, I just they just they love his length. Um, they felt I think they felt like he improved a lot and showed some work ethic his freshman year. I think you know. I, I think a lot of people say, "Oh, he'd, he'd be get way better staying here," and, and he would. Um, and there are cases like a Justin Patton where he maybe go out too early, but you know, you're 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 losing your money for a year. You're, you're gonna you're gonna work a lot more on development. Um, you know, I've gone to a couple NBA practices, and, and they all have their personal coaches, and they work out you know for hours before practice, hours after sometimes. And that's what he'd be able to do when you can go focus on your basketball, your basketball career. And I know you can do that here some, but you still got to take classes, and you still, still not quite the same as practicing at an NBA-level NBA players, NBA-level NBA system, um, the length that they have to go against, the speed and quickness and strength. And he's not strong enough, and he didn't, he didn't shoot it well enough. But those are things that he, he's shown – that he's willing to work on. He shot it better at the end of the season. He got stronger during the season, which is a rarity, especially for a thin freshman. So I, I think, I think, you know, I, I applaud his decision. He came here telling us he was going to try to be a one and done. He worked very hard on his game um, during the season and improved within the league, I think. And, you know, if we can get guys like that and have them for one year, they're, they're fun to watch and fun to watch develop and, and maybe eventually we put a little more talent around them, then then they can lead us to that the Sweet 16 someday.
2: Coach, let's get to the Sweet 16 real quick, though. Uh, uh, surprise on on Eduardo or Keon Edwards, Trevor Lakes. Those are the three official departures today from Oyburg.
6: Trevor and Keon don't surprise me too much. You know, they didn't get a play. Keon Keon is the latest. And by the way, there's 760. He makes 761 in the portal. Looking at it today and there's been about 150 in the last couple of days. The kids are getting nervous about getting in there and having a chance for a scholarship, but I thought Keon had a, had his opportunity. He he looked pretty good in a couple practices I went to early, started, what, I think five games or four games, but really didn't produce, and he didn't produce at the level to help us win, and eventually Coach had to move on and change the lineup, and... and you know, unfortunately, Keon didn't get a whole lot more opportunity, but sometimes that's all you get at this level. You get a five six game window, and if you don't produce and if you're not practicing as well anymore, then and you know that's kind of it. So that one doesn't surprise me. Eduardo a little bit because I thought he I thought maybe he realized he he had a future here. Um, I thought he got better again. he's still he's still not gonna go outside of fifteen feet and do much. But he was giving us quite a bit, and I think they—you know—I think they were trying to work him in as much as they could. Um, so that one may be surprising. That one hurts a little bit, I think, to lose that two-year experience of a guy that's six eleven. Um, but you know, with with seven hundred and sixty-one in the portal, nothing surprises me. There's teams that, like North Dakota State, I know has four in the portal, and they—you know—they're at the finals of their conference. It really doesn't matter if your team's winning or losing, kids kids from the mid majors want to see if they can move up kids at the at the power five if they don't play enough they want to find some place where they can they can play so it's just that's just the nature of the beast right now unfortunately
2: coach just a couple of minutes uh, not nearly enough time but uh, you're upset of the sweet 16 and who you're rooting for give me those two Ooh,
6: upset well, actually, Duke would be an upset tonight. I think. Um, if, if well, it's actually a pick 'em. Um, well, I, I'll tell you, tonight's upset. I could see Houston beating Arizona. I, I I watched and I actually picked Arizona to win it. I've got my Final Four is actually still alive. But Houston, <laughs> I didn't see Houston enough during the year. They're better than I thought. They're even missing two starters from early in the year, but they are so deep. And Coach Sampson has them playing great defense. I want Arizona to win because I, I kind of wanted a Tommy Lloyd, Mark Few final. It would be kind of fun. But I would say for tonight, Houston has maybe the best chance. Well, maybe Michigan, too. But, um, but yeah, I, Houston, Houston, Arizona is going to be a really fun game. And I think Tech Duke's going to be a really fun game. It could be Coach, Coach Kay's last game, possibly. But then Michigan's kind of a hot team, too. But on there, I just go with Jay Wright. I, just, I really love Jay Wright's program, and I would just go with him.
2: UCLA, Carolina is going to be special tomorrow night. Purdue is still trying to flex for the Big Ten. But the Peacocks, man, people are in love with those kids from Jersey. And we'll see if they uh, keep on keeping on kind of like uh, uh, George Mason uh, under Laranaga or the uh, Gulf Coast squad from Almost nine years ago, that was uh, a lot of fun to watch with the Loyola Marymount team with Bo Kimball uh, as they made their run. Coach, we'll, uh, we'll run you down again next week to talk some Final Four. Uh, hit him far and straight this weekend. Thanks for a few minutes today. Sounds good, Chris. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. There he is, Jeff Smith, Hall of Fame coach, longtime assistant with Danny Knee. I love that take. Get Danny Knee back on the bench. We'll talk with Gary Barnett next. Thoughts on uh, Husker Spring football next. And
1: now, back to Hale
2: Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's talk with Hall of Fame coach Gary Barnett. Coach, how's the week?
7: Uh, It's been a great week. Uh, I've had my uh, three grandkids in from uh, Evanston, Illinois and pickleball, basketball, swimming, golf, pickleball, basketball, swimming, (laughs) (laughs) golf. So we've been doing everything
2: does grandpa slash coach let i wouldn't say let him win do they challenge you at golf or is this a friendly round
7: no no they got to learn to lose and fight to learn how to win so no depends on which one i'm playing you know you got to bring them along a little bit so and each one's got a little different personality i got one that just will die before she'll let you win that's all right it's, it's Fun to watch that develop.
2: Coach, uh, question here, and Nebraska is back in the swing of things with spring football. I wanted to ask you, how vocal did you encourage your quarterbacks be or demand they be?
7: I think I just let that unfold. When they do it and it's not natural, kids pick up on that. The other players pick up on that. Now, I think it's got to be a natural thing, Chris. I don't uh, – he learns how much – in control he wants to be and needs to be the quarterback I'm talking about. And he needs to discover his own voice and he needs to discover his own way of influencing others and what's the best way to do it. And he also needs to uh, um, discover how each person um, is motivated in a different way. And so, you know, you can work with him on, on that let him understand how other guys view things and how they are motivated and what what kinds of criticism they take. You can explain that, but I think you've got to let him discover his that, own. That discovery learning is the most valuable.
2: Gary Barnett's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. You know, the the topic of voice and leadership's pretty prevalent in spring. It's a storyline. You have a new voice and, and leader at quarterback with Casey Thompson hasn't obviously won the job yet but is getting really good reviews and specifically from his voice and leadership and the extra work he's doing before and after with the wide receivers that chemistry development it has been noticed by some of the the guys that are holdovers in that receiver room so that's that's really cool to see and just from accounts Casey's a, a pretty natural leader but it's it's an example thing, not a holier-than-thou type thing. And you mentioned motivation. Is there a player that that was unique to you when it came to, to not only understanding how they kind of ticked, but as far as motivating? I mean, is there a player in your coaching history that you really, I don't know, maybe you had to, to kind of hammer away to connect to, but once you did, it, it really flourished?
7: Well, I... I truly believe every kid gets um, is motivated differently. Yeah. And it's your, you know, it's as a coach, it's your job to sort of figure out what that is. Now, you can help yourself along. And I had uh, one of the questionnaires I always did with the players was, tell me what you think motivates you best. I wanted to know, uh, and tell me what motivates you, you know, what's least motivating to you Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to sort of get their take on what it didn't mean that that was necessarily the right answer it might not be really the way they're motivated but it's interesting to find out to me um, what each guy thinks it is or maybe what he's been told it is or what it is he can't take Um, but I always wanted to know that so I could especially the ones that really struggled with criticism because, you know, you, you, you don't want to go there if you can avoid it. And you want to make sure that you, you go right to the edge, but you don't cross that line. So I really did believe that, and still do, that every, every student athlete is, is motivated a little bit differently. And, uh, you, you know, my saying was always, you treat them all fairly but not the same. <laughs> and it's because of that. Uh, it's 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 because they are, you know, they don't all handle it the same way, and you know, I I heard a great quote once that I've always tried to incorporate in my coaching. It says, "You don't handle players, you handle luggage," and so uh, that that's the way I look at it. I don't feel like I handle them. I feel more like I work with them and And I remind myself I would remind myself constantly. I had a little saying in my office that said that, so um but you know all of us do it differently. I mean, each coach is as different as every one of these student athletes are, so um you you know you gotta you gotta figure out what works, and it's you don't have all the answers and all the best answers right away. you discover them as you go through the process, and that's why you know to me that's a point of the portal is you don't have a chance student athlete nor the coach has a chance to really discover what works best between the two of them in one year you know some you do some you figure out right away some you you know um and they figure you out but that process is is important and nobody ever talks about that because it's it's not tangible. Mm. It's not out there. It's not something you can measure. There's not a speed on it. There's not a height on it. So, but that sort of stuff. And that, that's what you learn going through college through those four or five years that you're in school with somebody and in a program is you really discover yourself and you have to go through all these challenging issues uh, to really discover yourself. So if if you will keep avoiding them, uh, with one transfer after the other, you, you know, you're eventually going to learn it. But you you have a chance to learn a lot quicker by staying in the same place and learning uh, how to live within the limits and find out who you really are in that process. So, uh, but that's just that's just me. That's my thoughts on it.
2: No, I appreciate the insight on that. I you know it's it's uh, a topic to discuss just because of. How easy it is to hit reset with the, the portal, and it can be really good, and it can be delayed when it comes to to finding yourself. Gary Barnett's with us on Hale Varsity. Coach, uh, a thought on the athletic story on Urban Meyer. Did you see that this week? I did. And what'd you think? I'm it waiting got... to hear what's coming next. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it just, some guys just don't transition to the NFL uh, that well. Urban's apparently one of those cases, but man, it was pretty detailed where coaches and players uh, just unleashed, just unleashed.
7: I think Urban's story, while it's, it is unique and while it's really hard to read and take in some levels, but uh, I, I do believe that, that the overall concept of lack of control or loss of control going from college to the pros is the single biggest issue that all college coaches uh, have when they make the move from the NFL, from the college to the NFL. And that's why it's a really hard thing for them. I mean, you can read that story. and And aside from all the really ugly things that are in that story you could throw in Steve Spurrier you could throw in uh uh, Lou Holtz you can throw in Nick Saban you can throw in um uh, Bobby Petrino you can throw in a lot of names that when you read dust off all the ugly stuff Mm -hmm. it's the same thing it's lack of control you don't have control in the NFL To me, that was what was really important. I mean, reading all the details of the urban story, you know, you you just squirm in your seat reading it. You go, oh, man, you can't do that. Oh, you can't do that. Well, uh, and that's, you know, basically that all got exposed. Now, you know, back when Steve Spurrier tried it and Lou and Nick, you know, we didn't have so much access to so much information that went in to the day-by-day uh, issues of of the coaches and there weren't there weren't there wasn't these magazines and these articles so uh, who knows that could have come out you certainly hope not that way but it certainly could have so i think that's a I, that's just typical of the struggle that i think coaches go through you have to have so much control in college uh, one it's a controlling game somebody asked me uh i think it was my daughter asked me the other day she said did did you like coaching basketball? I said, no, there wasn't enough control. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think that's true of football coach. I mean, you have to control everything. You're you you you're responsible for controlling everything. And when a play changes every 30 seconds and, um, you know, everything comes to a stop for 20 seconds and then it starts back up with another play, you've you got to understand uh, the importance of Every one of those situations, and you have to have some degree of control and information about everything that could take place in the next five seconds. So, um, that, and you learn that becomes your life and the way you live your life. So, uh, making that move to the NFL where you don't have that kind of control, um, you've got to learn to give it up and you got to learn to, um, you know, to give veteran players. Uh, they're just due and uh, their responsibilities. So it's, uh, I think that's always been the struggle between college coaches and, and the NFL.
2: Coach, last saw it. If enough time passes, does he coach again?
7: Oh, you know, in this day and age, I don't know. I don't, I, I would think it'd be really hard. Uh, I don't know what administrator can. <laughs> sit there and go in front of a press conference and say, uh, we're hiring Urban Meyer despite all the things that you read from all these people. (laughs) You know, I don't know how you win that press conference and there aren't a lot of ADs willing to lose a press conference right away. So I I think it's really hard uh, to do that. And and what Urban's got to realize, and all of us do that get fired, is that, you know, you live through these dark days and they make you better and uh you know i hope he approaches it that way Yeah. and yeah. others approach it with him that way and others look at it that way you'll get through this and you you got a chance to change everything that's happened if you want to change it and and go from there
2: gary barnett with us yes or no would you have traded Tariq hill
7: well there's got to be something inside there i don't know they got a they got a whole, uh, schooner full of money for, it in, in, uh, draft picks, et cetera. So maybe it's just time. You know, everything has a start and a beginning. And <laughs> it's sort of like Bitcoin. When it gets up there, yeah, you, you better sell it while it's <laughs> worth it because it's going to fall off the next week.
6: Yeah. So
7: I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I'd have to talk to Eric and see just what's up with that, uh, the enemy. But, um, whew. I hate to lose that guy.
2: Oh man, he's him and Mahomes. I mean, that scramble drill. Good luck stopping it. Good, it, it hasn't been stopped the last five years. It's been incredible. No,
7: no, no.
2: Coach, enjoy time with the fam. Thanks for a few minutes.
7: All right, Chris, great being with you.
1: And we're back, folks. Did we could. Listen to, Listen to the radio,
5: On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
0: Yes! That's awesome! Back in, it's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal and Chris Schmidt down at Longwell's today as uh, we get caught up with the pride of Chicago, Danny Burke. Danny dropping some dimes for us last week for NCAA tournament uh, coverage. He is back with us this week for more. And Danny, I need a, a synopsis of how you your, your bets went last week. Did you do well? Did you do poorly? This could be the full rundown.
4: You know, it started off decent. Uh, I think Thursday we ended up going maybe like 3-1, something like that. So I think after we talked, the bets did fairly decent because right State was the first play I had in the yep. playing game. And then after that, we had a couple more. The one that I got screwed on was Colorado State blowing a 15-point lead to Michigan. But you know, that's neither here nor there at this point. And then Friday, I think I went 0-2. I kind of got screwed on a couple plays. Sunday was great, though, because Sunday presented a very, very good in-game opportunity slate. And just to spend a second on that, I, I think there's a bunch of those opportunities still remaining, including tonight and, of course, tomorrow. But really the targets are these favorites that, hey, you know, there may be a sizable spread in favor of them. You're not too comfortable laying it with them free flop But you know they're going to win, so because of how volatile this sport of college basketball is with these kids and how it's a game of runs, you're inevitably about over 90% of the time going to get a better number on that team that you think is going to win, but you're not comfortable laying that original spread. So Just wait, be patient, and attack it. And really quick for one example was Duke and Michigan State. Duke was a better team the whole game, but of course Michigan State's due to go on a run, and they did, and they got up like a five-point lead with a few minutes left. But then I was able to get Duke at plus 220 on the money line. I was like, this is a far and away better team. They'll figure it out, and they did. So situations like that kind of helped me bounce back from a bad Friday and recovered on Sunday.
0: Danny, that's why you're the expert, and uh, I want to get into some of these games tonight before we get into the, the Friday games. But really, really fast, did you have the St. Peter's money line against Kentucky?
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I missed out on that one. And, and luckily – I I, I honestly probably made like seven to eight brackets this year, is like the most I did because I just can't say no when people invite me. I think in one bracket I had Kentucky in the final four, so that one got screwed. But otherwise I had UCLA or Purdue coming out of that region. So I missed out on the uh, St. Peter's boat, but, hey, it is what it is.
0: Danny, tonight we start off with Gonzaga and Arkansas. The Zags have been uh, really just incredible all year long. That offense is almost impossible to stop. But Memphis really gave them a run for their money last weekend. They're now going up against Arkansas tonight as nine-and-a-half point favorites. What do you like here?
4: Yeah, this spread opened up as low as eight, and it's as high as about ten now. And I don't disagree with the movement for Gonzaga. Look, Arkansas is a solid team, but I don't think they're as good as being a Sweet 16 team. I mean – they barely got past Vermont, who's was a really good team, granted. But then they got New Mexico State, whereas a lot of people probably thought, myself included, that it was going to be UConn in that matchup. And who knows what would have happened in that game, but we're never going to know because UConn couldn't get the job done. Nevertheless, Arkansas is in this spot, but I do think they are warranted as being almost or as if a double-digit dog. Because, look, Gonzaga, they've had a couple of games. I mean, that first half against Georgia State, they got a little sketchy for a second, but then they almost ended up covering about a 23-point spread in the second half. And then you go up against the Memphis team, who I thought was very underrated, and then catching 10-and-a-half was way too much. And a team with a lot of talent, chip on their shoulder, played probably their best game of the year And against any other team. They might have won, but against Gonzaga, the Bulldogs were able to hang on so you give them a few days off, you're going against an Arkansas team that, again, I don't think is good as they're in the position that they are in right now. I could see Gonzaga definitely covering this. I would lean toward them doing it. But just like I said with the strategy, I mean, wait for an in-game spot with a better number. You might not get it in this matchup with Gonzaga potentially if they come out running. But the first game that they've been involved in, they've been, they only were up two against Georgia State in the first half, and they were down 10 versus Memphis in the first half. I was pondering doing this, but it seems kind of ridiculous instead of waiting. But a second half bet on Gonzaga has been very, very profitable, and you can get him like minus four and a half free flop to do it now. Again, so many things can happen in the first half. That's why it's kind of, you know, wishy washy to do it before the game. But if you're looking for that type of opportunity, if Gonzaga gets off to another slow start, just look to attack him in the second half. That's probably the best course of action. I would recommend with Gonzaga, be patient, wait for that number or wait for a second-half number and then look to get in on the Bulldogs because I do think they probably end up covering this game. But, again, I don't really like playing that much for favorites in basketball.
0: Danny, among the other three games, what do you like? I personally am looking at Villanova, only a five-point favorite against Michigan. That that seems a little skinny to me. Uh, I might lean towards Villanova. We also have Texas Tech and Duke in a pick em. and then Houston and Arizona with Arizona as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Any of those games tripping your wire as something you, you like?
4: Yeah, honestly, I'm intrigued in all of them. I mean, I don't want to beat the dead horse, but Villanova and Michigan is the perfect example of waiting for an in-game number. You are going mm-hmm. to get a better number with the Wildcats It's just a matter of time. I think they win. They probably cover, but why not have patience and wait? Dickinson's a really hard dude to contain. You've seen every other team struggle with it thus far. We know Juwan Howard's a solid coach, but Jay Wright is the best coach in this tournament, let's be honest. The deepest team, probably the best sound team all throughout, are the Wildcats. And what they do exceptionally well is get to the free throw line and make their free throw attempts, which is the most aggravating thing when kids don't, when I'm betting on college basketball. So I love trusting a squad like Villanova, but again, you're probably going to get a better number, so just wait. That's how I'm going to handicap that one. Duke and Texas Tech, man, I, I wasn't going to bet this one pre-flop, but I had a change of heart just looking deeper into it and listening to people. I know the public's going to be on Duke, but I haven't really heard any you know kind of media type of voice or sharper better go toward Duke. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I'll let you decide, but – It seems like the narrative is that this Texas Tech defense is just going to be too good for Duke to overcome, which you have to consider is that Duke has potentially five first-round draft picks on their team. Okay, aside from that, they're one of the better three-point shooting teams, which the Red Raiders are liable defensively where they do have a hole. That's where it is. And Texas, Tech doesn't really have a superstar player to catch up or keep up with an opposing squad down crunch time like Duke does. They have a handful of them, as I just stated. And it's Coach K's potentially last game. We know it's his last season. You don't think the refs are going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's always whispering in the zebra's ears and always getting those calls we complain about left and right. I give that the advantage over the first year coach with Texas Tech. So I ended up playing Duke here. I snagged plus one just in case of a wonky push. But I do think they win this one outright, and I did change the heart and go with Duke. I I was leaning them regardless, but as an official play. And then Arizona – uh, after it, I mean, that dude is unreal. That was one of the best games I saw against TCU on Sunday. Him and Coloco were just absolute beasts, and I just don't think Houston's got enough to keep up with them. Arizona is too lethal offensively. Houston still has a couple of those injuries from the middle of the season, and the power and the depth and the athleticism and just scoring of Arizona will prove to be enough. So I took the Wildcats on the money line, minus 120.
0: Danny, I like that. I got Arizona as my, uh, my champion in my bracket. So even though my bracket might be screwed, I still do have a, ch- a champion in play. So I-, I like that pick. And, Danny, stick with us here as uh, we're going to have to go another segment to get into some of these Friday games. Hold on the line. We'll get back to you. Danny Burke, more with him coming up after the break. Good stuff. Uh, Elijah and
2: Danny Burke getting connected on Burke's best bets. at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter with uh, VEASAN Sports Network and Musburger. More from Danny. Some emails uh, before we uh, get out of here. Longwell Sweet 16. We're down here with Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: you, catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
0: Continuing another segment here with Danny Burke as we get his NCAA Tournament Sweet 16 picks. Already got through the Thursday games. As for tomorrow... Um, I don't, I'm, I'm seeing some intriguing lines with some of the underdogs here. You got St. Peter's and Purdue. You got Providence and Kansas. You got North Carolina and UCLA. And then uh, to capital off, you have Iowa State and Florida. Excuse me, I should say Miami of Florida. So uh, any of those games you're liking tomorrow night, or are you going to say all of them again?
4: Yeah, the first bet I made for the Sweet 16 this week was actually the Miami Hurricanes. And believe it or not, not to shoot my own horn a little bit, but in a few brackets, I actually had this exact matchup. Of Iowa State and Miami. And I also had North Carolina beating Baylor, which was also the most stressful game of all time, but that's a different conversation. But I have Miami winning this game. Iowa State's got a good big man. I didn't trust Wisconsin. That's why I like them. But Miami just can shoot lights out on any given night. You saw it in their past couple of games. They can kill you all around the perimeter. Talk about athleticism. They got it, they got great transition offensively and it just feels like Iowa State's run of luck is going to come to an end against the Hurricanes. So uh, you've also seen the line movement go that way. They opened up with Iowa State as a slight favorite. Now Miami's like minus two in the hook. I snacked about minus 140 on the money line. So even on like Monday or Tuesday, I was a little late to the party, but I do really like the Hurricanes to advance. The game that's driving me nuts is this UCLA and UNC game. I mean, again, what Herbert Davis was unable to do to beat the press was a Astonishing in the worst type of ways. I mean, I coached an eighth-grade feeder team here around the Chicagoland area, and I knew how to beat that press. I can't <laughs> believe he couldn't figure out a way to do something different than having two guys dance around and get trapped in the corner. It was the most infuriating thing I've ever seen. And people are applauding him, like, what are you talking about? That was the worst adjustment or lack thereof I have ever seen in a basketball game. Nevertheless, yes, the officiating was atrocious, and their big guy got ejected. UNC, again, the, the reason I like them is because they can shoot lights out with anybody. They're a good free throw shooting team. But UCLA is a little bit deeper, I think. They're the overall better squad talent wise, and they're better defensively. But what performance are you going to get out of UCLA? They've been kind of sketchy here in the tournament. And I can't forget, or I can't remember the main guy's name, but I know he's dealing with an injury. So it all comes down to if he's going to play or not. So I'm going to wait for that one, probably stay away, maybe betting over. Um, and, yeah, that one, again, ah, man, I, I don't know about you, Elijah. That one I'm just going to stick away from, though.
0: I, I, I'm leaning UNC in that one. Got to go North Carolina, I, I think, personally. I, I'm not sold on this UCLA team.
4: Yeah, and I, and I really could understand any argument. The case could be made, too, though, to play kind of devil's advocate, that North Carolina has a little bit of recency bias because they still were able to hang in in overtime against Baylor and beat them. But I'm looking at that whole second half and looking at the lack of adjustment. Hey, if, if I'm growing if I'm UCLA, I'm just going to press the heck out of UNC. They don't know how to beat it. They clearly haven't practiced it. So I think there's a pretty clear recipe for how to beat this Tar Heels team. But, again, I, nothing would surprise me with those two. Hence why I'm staying away, not touching it with a 10-foot pole.
0: Danny, thanks for the insight today. And uh, good luck with all of your bets this weekend. And uh, have a good one, buddy.
4: Yeah, you got it, man. You too. Best of luck to everyone out
2: there. Daddy Burke, Burke's Best Bets, VEASAN Sports Network. We'll do this all over again tomorrow. As, uh, we're back here with Longwell's for another road show. A road show Friday. Of course, a lot going on. A uh, second round of the Sweet 16, Nebraska baseball against Michigan. And uh, grab a cocktail or two down here at Longwell's before Nebraska-Michigan. Get you ready for basketball. Uh, More thoughts on spring football tomorrow as we'll talk to you at 4 from Longwell's with Hale Varsity Radio.